You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Before we get to our next segment, I want to tell you about something that's happening next Friday. That's pretty exciting. Glenn Washington, who's the host of Snap Judgment here on NPR, is going to be in town. He'll be live at the Royal Oak Music Theater on Friday, October 26th. You can buy tickets at AXS.com for that event. But you can also join Glenn and me live in the studio here that morning for a special hour-long conversation. Glenn and I have known each other since we were college students together at the University of Michigan. We worked the college newspaper together. We have talked lots of times about uh, the issues in uh, our country that uh, both of us deal with in our work. Uh, We will talk on the air that morning about those issues. We'll talk about our history together and a bunch of other really interesting things. This is all a benefit for the station here at WDET. Uh, You'll be able to join Glenn and I for a quick breakfast, and then you'll sit in on the studio during the live broadcast in order to Join us. All you have to do is make a one-time gift of $600 at WDET.org slash give. So go to WDET.org today and next week. Come join Glenn and I here in the studio. Okay, this week the Detroit City Council moved closer to granting more than $100 million in tax breaks to the Ford Motor Company for its planned restoration of Michigan Central Station. Ford's incentive package would also include benefits for the Corktown neighborhood that surrounds the station, and a group of residents led the effort to work with Ford to put together what those benefits are going to look like. But not everyone is happy, and there have been some really serious concerns raised about the wisdom of granting such large subsidies to a wealthy company like Ford when the deeply impoverished city still needs so much for its residents. Among city council members, Mary Sheffield and Raquel Castaneda-Lopez voted no on Ford's incentive package. That's where we want to continue the conversation on the show today. And joining us to talk about Ford, about Corktown and the train station is Raquel Castaneda-Lopez, councilperson of the city of Detroit, uh, District 5. District 6. District 6. I get that wrong every (laughs) time you come in here. It's District 6. The best district in the city. That's right. Uh, She voted against the Ford tax incentive package. Raquel, welcome back to Detroit today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Also with us is Chad Livengood. He's a reporter with Cranes Detroit Business, has been writing a lot about Ford's decision to move back into the city of Detroit or move lots of its operations into Corktown at the train station. Chad, welcome back to the, uh, Detroit today. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, Raquel, I'm going to start with you. Um, what does this tax incentive package do and why did you vote against it? Sure. Thank you. Uh, thank you for for having me. And I just want to make sure to give a shout out and a thank you to the community members in this impact area who went above and beyond trying to solicit feedback from people in the neighborhoods impacted, as well as Ford, who really stepped up to the plate and I think showed what how you should interact with community and mm-hmm. that respect and kindness is just a minimum, not an extra that we should try to like demand from developers. But that's how you should go in and approaching communities. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, there were four ma- four key abatements that were going to be granted. One is the the OPRA, which is the obsolete property rehabilitation. And so that's to essentially kind of rehab and renovate the train station. 
The other one is a neighborhood enterprise owned, which would be if Ford builds uh, 40 lofts up in the top of the train station. The other one is for PA. It's a PA to end to 10, forgive me. And that's to support kind of uh, renovations and rehabs uh, of commercial structures. And the big one was the Renaissance zone. And so I supported the smaller ones of the Oprah, the PA 210, the NEZ, but I did not support the larger one, nearly 90 million in benefits Mm -hmm. um, of the Renaissance zone. And the reason I didn't was because several things is one, I appreciate Ford's effort and, and the administration managing that process and think we get better each time. But there's still room for improvement. And I, uh, one, fundamentally uh, uh, believe that if you are an entity seeking public subsidies, that you need to open the books Hmm. and there needs to be a transparent conversation. I mean, I grew up in poverty. We know all the conversation about uh, the requirements increasing every week, honestly, about what folks need to show to be able to get some type of public support Mm -hmm. just to live healthy lives. And for corporations, you know, for tax purposes, they like to be considered as uh, people to kind of get some breaks. (laughs) But then in other regards, don't necessarily like to follow the same rules. And so this isn't an attack or critique of Ford. It's in general, I think corporations should come to the table and share their, their financials. The other piece is I didn't think that the benefits proposed um, equate to a renaissance zone. And to your point earlier, we still have super high rates of poverty. My district alone has some of the highest concentrations of poverty in the city of Detroit and some of the most blighted communities. So 10 million is great and is going to go to help create jobs and invest in that impact area. But for me, doesn't necessarily... Uh, really impact some of the systemic issues and create economic opportunity for everyone equitably across the board. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chad, you've been writing about uh, about this issue for a, a while now, since even before uh, we were sure that Ford was was coming back to Corktown. Uh, talk about this from 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 their perspective. Is this the plan that they would want uh, in place before? Uh, they do what they're planning to do in in Corktown and at the train station. Uh, how important are these subsidies to the overall project? Well, I mean, Ford essentially is taking the you know, shifting plans from from building more buildings or rent or or building out more space in Dearborn and taking it and shifting it to Corktown down Michigan Avenue, twelve miles. So they're trying to essentially. Um, you know, make up for that, and and they 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 have a they say they have a budget, and that they need to stay within it. Um, I mean, Bill Ford Jr. said at the outset of this back in June that that the tax incentives that they will qualify for will make it um, financially feasible. That it won't spend any more money, and they're under they're a company even though they're sitting on like seventeen billion dollars of wealth. Um, they're also a company that stock is at eight bucks a share right now, and they're under immense pressure. Um, uh, to to increase that stock value for shareholders, and so they're trying to they're trying to balance both their what they're thinking about long term, where they think they need to be in an urban setting like Corktown, and, and create something that that is going to attract uh, the most talented uh, minds, uh, engineers specifically to to develop um, uh, you, you know the vehicles of the future. Um, and so this you know this tax pa- package uh, comes out to two hundred thirty. Uh, $9 million total, $104 million uh, um, hit to the city. Um, that comes out to about over 35 years here we're talking about. It's about $2.9 million a year um, for the city. And overall, for all the tax entities, we're talking about you know less money for a county and the school district and library and mm-hmm. other uh, the districts that are, you know, and taxing entities. 
it's it's about six point eight million dollars a year over that thirty five year period. So you know, it's it's a matter of how do you balance this. We're, the city is still going to get a whole bunch of new income tax from all these workers for at least twenty five hundred workers from Ford and. They're promising 2,500 more. Plus, we have no clue at this point what this is going to do uh, to to the transformation of that neighborhood yeah. uh, and the number of people who, you know, residential units are going to be built and, and influx of other types of, of ancillary businesses. I mean, just think about 5,000 people in, working in Corktown every day. Mm-hmm. If one in five of them go to lunch every day, it's already pretty hard to get into slows, and, <laughs> and uh, it's going to get tougher uh, yeah. when there's that many more people out on Michigan Avenue seeking a bite to eat at, at noon. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Raquel Castaneda-Lopez. She's the city council person who represents the 6th district here in the city of Detroit. Uh, also with us is Chad Livengood. He's a reporter at Crane's Detroit Business. We're talking about the incentives package uh, that city council is considering and has been considering for the Ford Motor Company as it moves to restore Michigan Central Station, move a good deal of its operations into that building and uh, into several others in the Corktown neighborhood. Are these kind of incentives necessary to attract businesses here in the city of Detroit? Uh, are they fair in a city where we don't have money for really basic things for poor people who live in the city? Uh, Or is this the cost of opportunity? Ford says it's going to hire lots of people who live here in the city of Detroit. Uh, In order to do that, do they need these kinds of subsidies? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. No surprise, uh, the phones are lighting up here over over this issue. But before we get to callers, uh, Raquel, I want to talk uh, about that bigger question about uh, whether we need these kinds of subsidies in order to attract people or companies like Ford, uh, which always argue that uh, the economic activity that they're going to bring to the city, the employment they're going to bring to the city is going to outstrip the money that we give them uh, in order to do those things. Do you do you buy that proposition? I would say we need to support uh, businesses transitioning to the city of Detroit. And we need to make sure that those businesses are going to invest into the communities and create real job opportunities. A lot of times you hear people at the table say jobs, 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 mm-hmm. which is great. But it's kind of a myth because uh, of the 5,000 jobs that Ford is going to bring, 2,500 of those are going to be existing positions. And the twenty-five other 2,500 are anticipated to be generated through their suppliers. And so there wasn't a commitment, and this is something we haven't seen on any deal, so uh, that post-construction, there really aren't commitments around jobs. And so I think it's important to keep that at the forefront. So, yes, we need to work with and make the system uh, more streamlined, uh, help folks navigate the bureaucracy and provide some public support because we do have really high property taxes. Uh, it is difficult. It is more expensive to do business in the city of Detroit. Uh, but that is not at the, at the expense of everyday Detroiters and protecting their quality of life and really making sure that the development is equitable and that there is true access to job and true investment in communities. And so it's not an or, it's an and. Right. And right now, I think we're failing on the second half of that. Yeah. Uh, I also wonder whether there's uh, an opportunity. Every time we have this argument about incentives, 
uh, it seems that the, we, we want to break it down into into an either or, right? Either mm-hmm. we have these incentives or we don't. But we don't talk about whether we might create the same kind of incentives for other kinds of activity. Mm-hmm. We wanted to improve mm-hmm. schools, for instance. Could mm-hmm. we have some sort of tax capture that helped pay Mm -hmm. for those things. If we wanted to improve neighborhoods, uh, could we do the same? And and it just never seems like the conversation gets to to mm-hmm. that space. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important point because um, while the Detroit public schools, there's some protection now that the state will reimburse what's going to be taken away, but I think of Wayne Risa, another program that's one of the taxing jurisdiction, which will not receive um, what they should be getting, and they provide a whole host of social services that directly go to benefit you know people in poverty. Mm-hmm. And it has to be more about um, investing in some of the industries that truly do benefit our communities and not just these heavy hitters that come in and, and thinking that they're going to solve all the solutions. I think that placed too much to kind of trickle down economics and like everyone's going to benefit if you get this massive corporation to come in. It needs to be about how do we, and this is something that we're kind of preempted from doing at the state level, is it would be great if we can create an entertainment tax kind of like Chicago has where they put money from all the visitors coming in and attending baseball games Mm -hmm. and staying at hotels into their parks, into recreational activities. And so some ways we're restricted from the state. In other ways, I think we are afraid to kind of dream in that way and afraid to push back and challenge developers. Time and time again, I get told, it's so hard to do development here, council member. We can't ask them for that. That's too much. And and. And I just think of um, if you are struggling and you're in poverty, like you're always working the hardest to get what you can to be able to survive and support your family. And so too hard coming from us as elected officials or from the administration is is not an acceptable answer. Of course, it's hard, but we have to be working hard to demand and get what we should to really serve residents in the city of Detroit. Yeah. Uh, Chad, I know you have to run to uh, another engagement, but before you go... um, I want to ask you about how close we are in the city of Detroit to being able to do these kind of things without subsidies. We saw Chemical Bank announce that it's going to build a skyscraper across from Comerica Park, and they're not asking for a lot of the same incentives that other companies do here in the city of Detroit to to do things. They're they're going to get some uh, things from the state, I believe, uh, some infrastructure support from the city that everybody gets. But they said no to a lot of the other uh, incentives. Are we close to to that being the way that business gets done here? Well, I think it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, one year ago tomorrow, uh, Detroit submitted a bid for Amazon to come to 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 the to the city. Yeah, um, a four and four billion dollar tax incentive package that the state of Michigan and the city of Detroit put together, and uh, part of that, the big, the majority of that was a three point three billion dollar. Renaissance Zone designation, which would exempt it if, uh, Amazon of corporate income tax and utility tax under the um, uh, for thirty years. That's the same exact deal that Am- that Ford is getting. So we set a precedent a year ago, basically, in what we're what 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 can be uh, basically extracted from the uh, tax base, and now that is sort of showing up here in in this deal. So I think it kind of it, it depends. I mean. At the same time, um, there was the city council just rejected a hotel um, at the a second tower of the Crown Plaza, a $164 million project that wasn't asking for any tax breaks. Um, so there is, uh, you know, there is a mixed strategy and, and, you know, companies know now because of Amazon what they can basically ask for. And if they're bringing, you know, uh, four-figure jobs uh, to the city, mm-hmm. they're going to be asking for it probably. Yeah.
Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about Ford and incentives and Corktown and development. We're going to take your phone calls next. Joanne in Detroit, Charlie in Detroit, John on the east side, Helena in Detroit. We will get to you next. And if you want to join the conversation, 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. My guest is Raquel Castaneda-Lopez, the city council person for the 6th District here in the city of Detroit. We're talking about Ford and its move into Michigan Central Station. The incentives that will attend that move are a little controversial. Should we be subsidizing this kind of development in a city where so many basic needs go unmet. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. You can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Joanne in Detroit. Joanne, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, hi, and thanks for taking my call. Go ahead. So I... uh was at the hearing last week, and I have a concern that Ford is asking for a neighborhood enterprise zone on the top two floors of the train station. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they said, oh, we just want to be able to have a tool. We're not really sure what we're going to build, because I kept saying, well, what's the dollar amount on the condos and the tax breaks? Because mm. some uh, <clears throat> previous tax breaks, people buying $300,000 condos downtown only had to pay less than $500 a year for 15 years. And when it expires, uh, if the Bridge Story magazine, uh, the Bridge magazine article is correct, the, the gentleman's tax, taxes would go up to $12,000 a year. So right. if you do the math, that's like a $170,000, $172,000 tax break. So that just doesn't seem right to everybody else mm. coming out of bankruptcy. And the last thing I want to say is that the Ford people were saying, this is very – Detroit is not competitive. We couldn't do this without the tax break. So I told city council, I said, they just told you that Detroit is not competitive. So shouldn't we be looking at modifying our overall taxing scheme in mm. the aftermath of bankruptcy? To make it better. Instead of create havens of inequitable taxing schemes across Great, Great question, Joanne. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, Raquel, I'll give you a chance to answer both about the tax uh, – the enterprise zone at the top of the – the tower and uh, the overall economic climate here. Sure. So for the NEZ, and I want to thank Joanne for she comes out to all the meetings and yeah, is advocate. <laughs> and, and, but it's important, the topics yeah. that she talks about, and yeah. I think raising awareness. So I appreciate that. Um, and so what was passed was the creation of the zone, not the certificate phase, which happens a, a little bit later. I believe it's going to be in November where the actual certificate uh, might be granted before council. Mm-hmm. And so this is, uh, there's two types of NEZs, not to go too much into the weeds, but this is for a, a rehab project. Project. There's other piece that we are trying to fight for and are still working on is a homestead NEZ. And so um, in it's true, Ford hasn't made an official decision about whether they're going to be building these lofts or not. And I agree that everyone needs to play their uh, pay in and pay their fair share. I think that NEZ Homestead is the tool that we need to use more effectively to be able to do that. And so the NEZ Homestead helps folks who are actually homeowners in those, those communities cap their taxes. And that, I think, is a tool um, that helps long-term residents that have been there, not just new folks moving in, to cap their taxes so they can afford to stay there. So we're looking at 
places that aren't really being used that are kind of parkland or riverfront land and trying to reallocate those to this impact area specifically to address the concern around folks being displaced. Um, in terms of, uh, in general, again, the, the larger economic climate, I mean, I was just talking to Chad before I left. My district, District 6, I think kind of uh, uh, epitomizes the struggle of Detroit and that you have neighborhoods like Corktown and downtown. And then I have communities like the Midwest and Delray, which are some of the most blighted uh, communities in the entire city of Detroit with the highest rates of poverty. And so that's why I think when we talk about these deals and we are negotiating around public subsidies to remember, one, they're public subsidies. So this is people's money going into these projects. And we that is why we have to continue to fight to make sure that they create economic inter opportunity that works for everyone mm -hmm. and not just a few. And that it's about raising the basic standard of living for folks and not just, I think, a false promise of jobs that people might not have access to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joanne, thanks very much for the call. Uh, and a really great question. Uh, let's go to Charlie in Detroit. Charlie, welcome to Detroit. Today. Hi. Yeah, go ahead. Thanks. Just mm -hmm. driving down the street to Delray. Uh -huh. I couldn't agree more. Uh, <laughs> the whole zip code is a super fun site, but that doesn't really seem to matter to the city and the state. But at any rate, one thing I think, um, number one, I don't see what we're giving up when we give a break. Uh, we're not giving up anything. We're giving up future possible taxes, but for a huge investment, Lots of payroll taxes, whether they're new jobs or not. It's 5,000 people bringing in payroll taxes to mm -hmm. the city of Detroit. That's a site that hasn't had anybody interested in doing anything in it for, what, 50 years or better? I think it's great. You know, I think what we ought to do is we ought to require any of these entities that are coming in and getting these big breaks to know, donate 10% of the value of their project to the public schools in the city of Detroit. Hmm. That's the problem. Hmm. That's what Detroit needs. Yeah, Charlie, that's a, something like that. That yeah. might help save our city. Yeah, Charlie, this is a very interesting idea. Uh, Raquel, I know from from looking at all of this stuff over time, uh, there are lots of great ideas that we might pursue to get uh, a different kind of arrangement with developers in the city of Detroit or to capture more of the economic activity. But the, the state constitution prevents most of it from from happening. Uh, mm -hmm. We've only got about uh, 45 seconds left, but I want to get you to address what, what, how do we move the needle on those things? I think to Charlie's point and what he's asking for is that 10% is, is, is a direction. So the community, although they voted in support of the package uh, that was voted on Tuesday, um, they there were folks in the audience who asked for more that said, hey, you know, community benefits packages around the country usually de deliver, depending on the size of them, anywhere between like 8 and 12% of the total project cost mm -hmm. and folks asked for that in the room but that was uh, the response was that was kind of that was too much and that wasn't what was budgeted into the project and I get it Ford didn't necessarily know that up front but I do think we need to change our mindset and framework in that yes there are going to be benefits to the city we are going to get income tax and, and that's important which is why I supported three of the abatements and not the big one of mm -hmm. renaissance zone but the other piece is that there does need to be um, a tangible uh, financial outcome that is for both short-term and long-term impacts. And so had we gotten 10%, that would have been amazing. And I would have been a yes on the on the Renaissance Zone. And I think we need to continue to push the conversation. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean people give you know, a big chunk up front. What this community asked for and the Gordie Howe community asked for and many others is for a community impact fund to mitigate yeah. the both short-term short and long-term impacts. That is a larger sum over a longer period of time. 
Okay. Ka- uh, Raquel Castaneda-Lopez, 6th uh, District Council person here in the city of Detroit. Always great to talk with you here on Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 101.9 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We will see you tomorrow.